Hello and welcome to Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers with Ailey ISD, and uh, we're here today to talk about, it seems like the only topic on everyone's mind on planet Earth, and that's the uh, coronavirus or COVID-19. We didn't originally have a podcast scheduled to be recorded today, but in light of what's happening, we felt it was appropriate, and we had a lot of people asking us to do one, so that's what we're here for. So just for context, because people will listen to this at different times, we're recording this at 9 a.m. on March the 13th, Friday. By the time some people listen to this, there may be a lot of things that have changed or a lot of additional information that's come out. So please, as you be aware of when we were having this conversation, some of it may be relevant and some of it may be old news and some of it may have been may have been changed. I'm going to be joined this morning by uh, Miss Ann Williams, our board president, longtime Aleaf community member and leader in this community. She's going to visit with you a little bit on kind of the community's perspective and then the role of the board as we go through situations like this, of which we've never gone through. And then Miss Kimberly Smith, who's been on several Impact Ed podcast episodes before. She's our director of public relations and uh, has the um, unenviable or enviable task of trying to put this into language that people can understand and relate to. And while, while keeping people calm, at the same time, trying to be honest and tell them the truth. And so, uh, Kimberly and Ansel, thank you guys for, for, for all, obviously, for what your role in this district is, but for, for doing this with us. It's terrific to be here today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, let me give context to where we are, uh, and then I'm going to ask Ms. Williams, if you don't mind, to, to kind of chime in from the community and your perspective. What I'm getting ready to say is a, a statement of the obvious. I want to be clear about what school districts are doing, uh, not just ALEAF, but school districts across the state of Texas, what they're doing why they're doing it, and then how they're coming to the conclusion uh, to make the decisions that we make. Some of those decisions are the big ones, like do we cancel school, do we close school? That decision does not go without a lot of a lot of input and a lot of feedback and a lot of thought. Uh, if you live on the Gulf Coast, you know we have closed school before because of weather. We've closed school because of hurricanes. We've, I mean, there's a, a sundry of reasons why we've closed schools. If you're in the northern part of the state, you've had ice and snow and so closing school is not a new thing to us. What is new in this instance is we're not 100% sure if we're reacting or if we're being preventative. And uh, I would like to think, we would all like to think we're being proactive and we're attempting to prevent something from spreading, in this case the virus from, from spreading. But there's so much unknown that we're, we're kind of operating from positions of, with lack of information. So we have to assume we're being proactive. So just so the general population knows, this is what happened and what has been going on for the last week and a half or two weeks related to virus in your schools and your school leadership. We have been having conference calls across this area, the greater Houston area, every other day, and in some cases every day. And those conference calls consist of superintendents and leaders uh, from every district across across the greater Houston region. So if you go all the way down to the Gulf Coast, the Galveston area, as far north as Conroe and Huntsville, uh, as far as the, as far east as the Golden Triangle, and as far as west as as Fulcher, and uh, out towards almost as far as Columbus. So we've had a lot of people involved in these conversations, and we also include relevant leaders in the community. So, for example, when when we're going through a weather related incident, uh, we have people from Harris County's Flood Control. We have people from Harris County Meteorology Center. Uh, in this case, we have people from Harris County and the City of Houston's Health Department. Uh, we've had people from Homeland Security and from the Office of Emergency Management. We've had the Commissioner of Education on these calls. We've had people who play vital, relevant roles in helping us make decisions about not only school closures, but how to best uh, prepare students and staff, in this case, on the health-related matters. So uh, I just want everyone to be aware that 
the the decision to close school today, for example, again, this is you know March 13th on a Friday. The decision for those of us who close school today was made yesterday afternoon after tons and tons of of conversations and uh, with with the idea finally concluding with the idea that it's in our best interest to prevent this virus from spreading to not have students gather and not have staff gather in these large gatherings, which we call school. For those districts that were on spring break this week, uh, which there were many in this area that were on spring break this week, the week of the 9th, March 9th, they made the decision to cancel next week, the week of the 16th, for the same reason. It just seemed like all the guidance we were hearing and all the counsel we were receiving told us that if we're going to slow this thing down, this virus down, one of the key factors is not assembling students and staff in large gatherings. So that's why the decision was made. And those are some of the factors that went uh, went into those decisions. So I don't want to speak for every district or every superintendent, but every district and every superintendent were on the same calls I was on and we all chimed in. But that's the general reasoning for that. So with that, I am going to ask Ms. Williams to perhaps chime in a little bit because I can just tell you in A-Leaf, the communication between myself and our seven-member board, and particularly Ms. Williams is in her role as the president, typically is done by text messaging because yes. it's in real time. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> so if you don't mind, Ann, thank you for doing this, first of all. Sure. Thanks for uh, having me uh, this morning. And I want to begin by saying that this is new territory, and there are several thought processes or or brain hats that I seem to have. One is being an educator in a district in which is on spring break right now. So, um, and the other people are saying, oh, you're on spring break and that's going to be exciting. However, realizing the number of messages in the media talking about uh, the conditions of the virus, I just sense that this would be a different spring break, so to speak. As board president, it's been a moment where you are hearing what's going on in the media, keeping up with what's happening in our own district, the communication of our parents, of our community, and just looking around. I I think it comes down to this, HD, and you look at all of the large entities that have taken some sort of action, and you know people, the, the largest thing is to reduce the size of groups. And when you see all of those other entities who have taken those actions, then you look and you say, where's your next area where the large group of people would be there? And, of course, it's the schools. There are lots of brain hats, as I said. People are thinking about liability. But at the end of the day, it's the parents that are communicating with board members who are taking the time to send text messages and emails and, you know, of uh, what are we going to do concerning our kids? The most positive thing that I did see was this thought of how are we going to educate our kids while they're out? Mm-hmm. So that kind of helps to keep us grounded while people are saying, you know, are, are you overreacting? I think the the best part about being in A-Leaf is the fact I always say that we are proactive. We try our best to be proactive. We are thinking about things even before they happen. And it's shocking that in this particular time, we're seeing it play out. Uh, from a board perspective, it's, it's realized those ideas that come to us from uh, the community or administration and being able to think about it 
and allowing it to take place, you know, as opposed to saying, no, we can't do those types of things in education. It's allowing that 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 reign of thought so that we can do what's best for our students at the end of the day. I tell people and, I, and this is a this situation with the virus is a perfect example. Superintendents and board members in many instances are heard saying things like what I'm getting ready to say. I wake up every day with two thoughts on my mind. One is how do we make sure our kids and our staff are safe? The second is how do we make sure our kids and our staff, our kids are receiving the best education possible and how are we providing the resources to our staff to make that happen? Those are the two fundamental reasons we exist as an education system. So this virus has kind of tested both of those. Absolutely. (laughs) It's testing the first notion that, okay, do you really have the safety and security of your students and staff is that really your first priority? Like, it's not a rhetorical question either. It's right. when you get into these decision-making positions that you and I are in that impact thousands and thousands Absolutely. and hundreds of thousands of people, mm-hmm. it, it tests it. Now, to your point about the education and, and sustaining education even over a prolonged amount of time, I think that's that's going to – that we're going to be tested. And we're as prepared as anyone for that, oh, yes. if not more than most people mm-hmm. are. And we'll talk about that in one second. But – you know, going back to your comment about the safety and the security and the community, it's incumbent upon us to make sure that we, we're honest with the community, that we're forthright with them, but we do it in a way in which we don't cause alarm, unnecessary alarm. Yes. And and that's where kind of Kim comes into play um, is in the communication piece. Kim, if you don't mind, just real for, for those listening, talk about what we've done communication-wise. Talk about the website that you guys have created in the PR team. Sure, absolutely. Seeing that this situation is ever evolving quickly and my team, thankfully I have the A-team and public relations at A-Leaf, we have been on our toes constantly touching on paying attention to what people are saying on social, you know, how our parents are doing. We have constant communication with our parents and community members and students. And so we always kind of plan for the worst case scenario. But like you said, we're very conscious of trying to make sure that our communication is factual and informational and and calming, not trying to cause alarm in any way. Um, So a few weeks ago, we actually started a, uh, a page on our website that is dedicated to coronavirus. And there we have FAQs about the virus. All of our information we get from experts, the CDC, talks about what our policies and procedures are concerning um, the safety and health of our students and staff. There is also daily updates there as well from the school district, just informing and giving a, a clearinghouse of information to educate the public and to also just make our parents feel like they're connected and they have one place where they can go to. And that site is www.aleaf.net slash coronavirus. I encourage you to visit. We also have a portal there where community members or anybody actually can submit questions or if you uh, have suggestions. We do customer service very well in this district. Absolutely. Absolutely. These two things I mentioned earlier, safety and security, and then providing continuing education for for our students in these times. Here's another portion of our education system we're getting ready to test out, (laughs) okay? (laughs) It's not just A-LEAF. This is everyone. So regardless of where your child goes to school or whoever's listening to this and wherever you are in this country, for that matter, this idea of preparing students for college. So if you've noticed over the last couple of weeks, higher ed institutions all over the country or all over the world, but in all over the state of Texas, most of them are saying we're not coming back for the rest of the semester. Mm -hmm. 
Not, not just a week or two. They're, they're done for the semester in terms of face-to-face instruction. But they're using this term online instruction or, you know, technology, right? Right. And, and I want to be really clear. I know, Ann, you work with this every day in your, in your job. But I want to be really clear to who's listening to this. There is a huge difference between what colleges are able to do online and what the K-12 system is able to do. Yes, it is. But the test, and I'd like for you to react to this, the mm-hmm. test that we're getting ready to, to be given as a system is are our students really prepared to be college ready in the areas of, of technology? Because we're getting ready to ask our students to spend time at home, and we're getting ready to ask you too, parents. This yes. is, this is, mm-hmm. We're getting ready to ask both of you to partner with us, and we're going to provide the online platform for your students to access it. They do it every day, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But just this, this, this notion of asking kids and parents to kind of own their own instruction and teaching for a little while while we get through this yes. this little phase. Talk about that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I think that that's pretty interesting as well because um, I, having a technology background, I was in technology long before I got into this education part, and then I came in as a CTE teacher about five years ago. So, of course... I'm gone ho for technology. I know most people are like, no, not yet. Um, but I, I, I shared with a few that w- once upon a time, uh, people would not even do online college. They thought that that was a taboo. Oh, no. And now it's the best thing since sliced bread for adults. So many uh, times you hear parents saying, I think I'm going to homeschool my, our kids. And I got the laughing because I'm looking at the things that uh, will be able to offer students with the thought of this is going to test a lot of parents on whether or not they actually are committed to even that process. Technically, I I know that some of the challenges as being a teacher in the classroom, I know some of the challenges that some educators have in embracing that technology. Think about all of the number of professional developments you go to, and uh, there's kind of a turnoff because the learning curve you know, and uh, I know that a lot of families are going to experience that. Technology is not always so straightforward, but it's times like this when, when I look back and I was one of those people of the Y2K era, okay? Yeah, yeah. We all remember that. <laughs> so, and I think about if we got through that Y2K moment and we made those adjustments, you know, here now is another one of those things. No one really wants it, but it's here. So you have to pick up the resources that are there and you got to make the best of it. And I think um, when it comes to ALEF, our parents are so thoughtful about getting that quality education for their students. So having a platform that's there, but not just a platform, an actual curriculum that will support that, I think it's going to be meaningful. So I don't want to steal your thunder too much. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but uh, I, as as a board member, I'm excited. And uh, being able to communicate with some of my other board members, they are looking forward to seeing what the outcome is going to be. I mean, for many years, we have this long-range plan for technology, and we're told what we're going to do five years from now. So, hello, five years is now coming to view, right? 
Yeah, and you were talking about uh, college preparedness, and this was a few months ago when we were talking about just how different college is now versus before. Yes. And I, I have to do this HD. I'm sorry. I'm an Aggie, <laughs> so I say I went to Texas A&M University, <laughs> and you know some of our a- intro classes there were like 350 students in those classes. Right. Well, what I understand now, these big colleges, what they're doing is they're making you as a student take those classes online. So before you even walk into a classroom, you're already on a digital platform for instruction. In essence, you know, sometimes in crisis, there is opportunity. So Mm -hmm. these little ones who are, you know, in elementary school, this is a great opportunity for parents to engage with them and to learn these platforms and to to learn how a pacing guide works. And honestly, this is going to give parents a good insight to what it's like to be a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I firmly believe, and this is one of the the things I hope people that listen to this or, Mm -hmm. or who are watching this get out of this, is that one... Their public schools are prepared. Yes. I mean, they, I, know, I know we're in A-Leaf, and, and, and we are, and we're, and we're talking about A-Leaf. Yes. But our public education system is prepared. So whether it's the safety and security component of it or it's the academic continuing to try to educate our students part of it, the public needs to know that. I want our community, obviously, to be aware of that. And more than that, I want them to take advantage of it. Right. There's a lot to be learned from this opportunity, as Kim was saying. There's there's a, a chance for as a parent to actually kind of look and see what your what are your kids being taught every day. Absolutely. Because some of it is so mm-hmm. advanced that I'm not asking you to understand it or even to be their teacher, but I am asking you to be their facilitator and to be their champion and to be their encourager. So with that being said, I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about in detail, so the particularly the families or the parents that may be listening to this, so they know kind of how to access. Do you want to talk about it or do you want me sure. to? Or? We can both talk about it. How All about right. that? So, so once you talk about how to, like how to, that, get, there. Yeah, how to okay. get there, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about once you get there. I am just overwhelmed at how prepared we are, and in particular, our digital learning group. Mm-hmm. They are amazing. They rise to every challenge. So kudos. And if you are an A-Leaf parent, you should be extremely proud and encouraged for sure. So we actually have a website and um, do know that that all of the, the platforms that we have on this website have all been accessible to students before. Yeah. So for, Th- these for are not, years, these this are is not, not straight, new. Right? <laughs> no. It may be new to the parent, but that's important. Yes. This is not new to your kids. So. Not at all. Not right. at all. What is new is that now we have a particular virtual learning, or if you will, site. And it includes a pacing guide and it includes curriculum so that parents and students can follow along and kind of self-regulate what they should be doing during the day. It's very structured. It tells you how many minutes of of math, how many minutes of reading, uh, when you should take breaks. I mean, this is exactly what you would expect would happen if you were inside a physical school. So that's what we have prepared for parents and students, which is is just amazing. I'm so thrilled about it. And so the the website is www.aleafisd.net slash learn. And there it's very easy to navigate. We made it simple. We have a section for parents, a section for students, and a section for staff. So the idea is that, uh, you know, an and all of our teachers are using all these platforms, this clearinghouse, if you will, of all these areas where, where there is virtual learning. And like you said, students are doing this on a daily basis. They're already going there. Absolutely. They're already learning this stuff. Mm-hmm. 
but now they're going to be doing it in your home. And I do want to actually say that even though we are a district that is 86% economically disadvantaged, we are very conscious of that. And we actually did a technology survey earlier this year, and we do it every year to find out how many of our students have access to the internet or our technology at home so that they can get on these platforms. And believe it or not, 80% of our students can access the internet from home. And for the 20%, we actually, we have a plan in place to get them actual physical materials. So we're, we're ready. We're ready for this challenge. I'm really excited about it. I have a 13-year-old daughter who is actually in another district, and I'm actually going to be, I'm going to be looking at our pacing <laughs> guide and making sure she's on track. So, To the parents, as Kimberly said, there's, there's a, a website that has all this. As a practical matter, what's going to happen when you click on that link, the Leaf Learn link, it's going to ask you for a passcode and a login. Your child knows that. Yes. They, yes, they use it they, on a daily they, basis. They log in every yes. day. Mm-hmm. So, and from there, your child is going to know how to get to the information, whatever it is that we're, we're asking you to get. So, if you're watching on Facebook Live, I'm, I'm holding up a little piece of paper. I don't expect you to read this, but I just want you to know that our digital learning team and our curriculum and instruction team and all of our content area coordinators came together and put together a list. Literally, it's 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 almost a schedule it is. with how much time your child should be spending on whatever that function is. Mm-hmm. So that is on the website that Kim mentioned. So as a parent, you can look at it and, and you can actually create your own little, own little school to the extent you want and then kind of follow that. And we believe that no matter how long we have to to stay out, Mm -hmm. that that is the best way we can kind of keep your child from regressing backwards. So Mm -hmm. talk about how, and and this is the part that that I'm I'm really worried about. We've talked about students with extended amount of time out of school for whatever reason. Could be summer, just summer break. Mm -hmm. But from an educator's perspective, Mm -hmm. I am concerned about how long this might last. Yes. I'm Mm -hmm. concerned about how long our kids are going to go without things like perhaps breakfast and lunch, but but as it relates to the instruction part, I'm really concerned about how long they're going to go without some type of quality, Mm -hmm. meaningful instruction. From an educator's perspective, Ann, talk about that real quick. Yeah, from from an educator's point of view, um, that is great concerning. Uh, I, I get to also work with some phenomenal people who we're already looking at some of the situations with their students and having conversation about what more, because from an educator point of view, you want to know what more you can do for your students. Believe me, with school closing, people on spring break, I can't say that everyone's happy and doing a happy dance because they're out. They're very concerned. They're concerned as to how long this is going to last. They're concerned about when we do return, what is that going to look like for students? If we don't return, what role we will be able to play for our students? I mean, it's good, and we're championing that platform and technology and that schedule and those things in students' hands. And I'm like you, uh, Kim. I work for a different district. I haven't seen that information yet, but I'll be looking for it because I, as an educator, I need to know what role I will have to play. Currently, my role is to support the students who are most at risk. And, you know, this is the season, HD, where we're looking at interventions and and everyone was getting prepared for the state uh, exam. So this is a critical time, honestly. It's a critical time. And so while we may share with families that that information exists, 
there really needs to be a commitment. Um, I think um, we were having conversation yesterday, and before I began the conversation, my words were, let's talk about this without COVID-19 being a part of it. Because once the fallout of this happens, people's lives have to continue. Education has to continue. So we have to be very thoughtful and committed to that piece, you know, as we transition through this. No, that's, that's a good point. I want the community to know, and this this is specific to the A-Leaf community, but it also applies to others. Next week, there's not going to be hardly any children in school across the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, there may be pockets of kids in school, but there's there, there's going to be a lot that are out. I can tell you in the greater Houston area, I don't know of anyone that's going to be in session with, because there's some of us on spring break mm-hmm. is regularly scheduled, and there's many, as, you, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. I would encourage the community, parents, to just pay attention to your district's website, obviously social media and, and, and all the, the regular mediums that we use to communicate with you. But just know that we're attempting to make the best decisions we can with the information we're given with a primary focus, and this is important, the primary focus in this particular case is to what role can we as educators play in slowing down Absolutely. the spread of the virus. Mm-hmm. That is the decision. There's a lot of emotion going through. There's, I mean, a lot of people that are making emotional decisions. Right. There's a lot of people that are, in my opinion, making decisions without all the information. I'm not here to judge anyone. I'm just I'm just saying what we are attempting to do as leaders in education is to make a decision based on science. And then how does that apply to the safety and security of our kids? Absolutely. And and HD, I wanted to share as well. I would not be doing justice if I didn't talk about this word of a team of eight Mm -hmm. because um, I too was in the stores with the rest of the crowds of people and and so I had people standing behind me and of course I had on an A-Leaf shirt and it was like why is it that you know our district waited to the last minute and I was thinking do I really want to dive into that people are not aware that these decisions that are made are not made in a um, in a vacuum. In, yeah, in a yeah. vacuum, yeah. in isolation at all. It, uh, As I said, uh, Kimberly, all of the communications that was coming forth, they're getting information closely connected with the media, uh, finding out what's, what's legitimate information and what is not. Uh, and then when we look and we see those things of, you know, text messages that are coming, because board members are also connected to other organizations. So looking at outside organizations, understanding what board members are doing across the state of Texas. I always say the best district is A-Leaf because our board members are so engaged in the conversation. They are asking those tough questions because they know that they represent a community. And uh, as those communities pour into them, we're challenging Mr. Chambers and the staff, where are we going to go? How is that going to look? So it's it's not something that just happens by mm-hmm. one person's decision. Right. And in addition to that, I want to also add that this is a collective, you know, the Region 4 area, it's it's a phenomenal area. This is what I was bragging about yesterday. While, uh, you know, other areas of Texas are wondering, what are we doing? What are we doing? I'm, I'm saying when you're in a region that has the largest amount of student population, as well as a great amount of school districts, you better believe that what we decide yeah. here is going to matter in other areas of, the, of Texas. Just wanted to put out there that 
that that it takes a lot of effort and it takes um, sometimes board members might not be thinking in alignment. But it, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm appreciative of those teams of eights. And it's not just a leaf, but a, across the Houston area that are having those conversations, even to like what you were saying, Mr. Chambers, of uh we have a lot of students who will not be getting those meals that they right. really depended upon. Right. So someone's being thoughtful to say, how are we going to address that? Correct. You know, so, um, you know, it's a lot of work when you say, <laughs> it's, it's, and I know she, I know she's getting it. I know. Uh, thank, I thank God every day for Kim. Man. <laughs> Uh, I know you, sometimes we, she doesn't think that. We, we like the idea that she just remains so calm in all of she this. Does, you know? Thank God. And, um, but it, it is it, it comes down to a real united front on uh, how to do this and making sure, as Kim said, that people are, are remaining calm and that the decisions that are made are solid decisions. As you said, we don't know how long this is going to last. We don't. This is not something that anybody was prepared for, really. No, no. no it was not. Mm-hmm. No one. I mean, not just in the school systems, mm-hmm. but there was no one. Mm-hmm. Just real briefly on the food issue. Uh, I know there's people that that's mm-hmm. a, that's an important important. It's important to us because of the mm-hmm. of the role that we play. Uh, we are in the process of working through how we're going to be able to deliver some form of meals um, throughout this prolonged time period, very similar to how we do it during the summer. So if you're a family or a parent who's been accustomed to that during the summer, the way we have done it the last several years, it'll be very similar to that. Uh, I would encourage you to pay attention to our website or pay attention to our communicate again, through social media and all the the ways we communicate. Uh, But no, we are going to do everything we can do to make sure people get food. We're very sensitive to that. Is there anything else that you... Just just a reminder, parents, please stay engaged. Follow us on social media. We are at Aleaf ISD on Twitter as well as Facebook. We also have Instagram. Also our website, www.aleafisd.net. Make sure you have your information updated in our parent call system so you will receive calls and text messages both in English and Spanish. So um, stay engaged with us and we'll stay engaged with you. Thank you. Here's my expectations. If you're a staff member, my expectations is stay in touch with us, as Kimberly's talking about. We will make decisions beyond spring break, and we'll make those as soon as we possibly can. Uh, yes, I am aware, as of today, that there are some districts in the area who have already announced uh, they're done through the end of March. That, that is not lost upon me. I, I know that. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> we know that. So be patient in that regard, because I promise you there's some things I'm, we're working through to make sure that we make the right call on that. For parents, as has been said, over the last 30 minutes or 45 minutes of this little conversation, help partner with us. Do the best you can to help continue the education of your child. We're going to do everything we can do to provide the resources for you. Communicate with us if there's something that you don't know or understand. We've got lines of communication through social media and other means. So I'm serious about this. This is important. Not just, yes. not just because of a state test. Right. I mean, I know, I know no. that's real, but this is way beyond no. the star test. This is... We say this all the time. Kindergartners get one shot at kindergarten. First graders get one shot at first grade. Yes. And right now, the, the the circumstances we're in right now may be shortchanging some of these kids in that year. We got to do everything we can do to bridge that gap. And that's just not us. That's 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 everyone across the state. Across the state. And so, um, so anyway, that's where we are. And I, I hope this was helpful. 
it's going to be uh, released today sometime after we edit out all the us and the <laughs> and my, my my southeast Texas twang. <laughs> stay in touch with us. We'll stay in touch with you. And um, and good luck to everyone out there. Remain calm, please, 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 please. Remain calm. Use common sense. All right. Thank you. This has been Impact Ed. Uh, I'm H.D. Chambers with A-Leaf ISD. Have a great day. This has been an AMP production.